Hey guys, it's Haley. Welcome to Kindled. This is episode 152. Today I have a great conversation with my friend Dwayne Atkinson. We're talking all about his experience in the NAR or New Apostolic Reformation. Before I get into that conversation, I want to let you know of a couple announcements. The first is, as always, if you have not left a rating and review for Kindled, I would love for you to do that. You can click over to the podcast app if you're not already in it and leave a five-star rating if you like it five stars worth and uh, a comment about, you know, how you like the show, uh, why you listen, why you tune in every week if you do. Hope you do. If not, click subscribe so you get every episode in your uh, in your podcast app. Next announcement is if you have not joined our Patreon community, you are missing out. That is a really fun place to be if you want more from Kindled. Uh, I've heard from two women in that group that they found Kindled through some episode and they listened to all of the episodes, like all 150 plus in two weeks and they ran out of shows and so they joined Patreon because they wanted more. I'm guessing if I have heard that from two women, there's probably more of you who are kind of in that spot. Let me encourage you to consider joining. It is $10 a month, and every single Friday, I release a bonus episode that is just for that community. It doesn't air on the podcast app. It doesn't air with my regular Kindled podcast. It is separate. They are Firestarters episodes. It's just me on the mic, 15 to 30 minutes long, so it's shorter than these episodes, easy to consume on Friday as you're headed into the weekend or maybe on Saturday when you're doing cleaning or Sunday afternoon after church. Um, And they're great. They're just, they're really great uh, episodes that talk about uh, theological, cultural, political, or social issues from my biblical worldview. And it is, um, it's a place that I share a lot more of a personal take and just, you know, anecdotes from my own life since it is a private community. Uh, And then we also have a monthly call where we get on a live Zoom call together and chat about um, a topic. So this last month we talked about, well, actually it was last week, we talked about uh, the t- a time in our life when we were easily swayed by every wind of doctrine, uh, like Ephesians 4 talks about, and just kind of shared our experiences with how God uh, woke us up from, you know, either a sleepy faith or from uh, from not knowing him altogether and how he grew us. And it's, I mean, it's just a really encouraging time to chat with women who are on the same page as you. Uh, I know many of you may not have that in your real life, and I I never want to provide any sort of replacement for real-life community, but this might be a good supplement for your real-life community if you have one, and yet you just want to be able to discuss things um, that that you're on the same page with people on. For instance, um, worldview issues and topics and, and things that That women, you know, a lot of times we have a hard time finding people in our communities that are on the same page as us when it comes to these issues. And you need to have someone who is kind of sharpening you and and maybe this can be a place that can do that. So if you want to learn more, visit patreon.com slash kindled podcast to sign up. All right, here's my conversation with Dwayne Atkinson. So today on Kindled, I have Dwayne Atkinson. Dwayne, thank you for joining me. Oh, so glad to be here. So honored to be here. Yes, ma'am. You are, uh, yeah, the first time I heard your name was was definitely from the Just Thinking Brothers, and they said uh, you were, you know, how they love to call you the hardest working man in podcast land. So yep. 
That's like your that's like your middle name, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Daryl is known for giving nicknames. Um, yeah. And that's mine. Um, and everybody on the team has them. You know, uh, Virgil is Omaha, Omaheezy. Mm-hmm. And literally everybody that's on the support staff, Daryl has a nickname for them. And so, so your listeners know my name has actually uh, changed a little um, after some strategies I shared with Daryl. He called me Dwayne the Brain. So, I don't know if that one's going to be public or not, but within our group, I'm considered the brain. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've got Dwayne the brain here today. So everyone just get ready to download all of his wisdom. Um, Yeah. So I I was just telling you before we started recording, you know, I, I missed whenever you first shared about some of your history and your past and, and what your story is, what you came out of in the new apostolic reformation. Um, I missed the first time you shared that. And recently I heard it because Elisa Childers had you on and I, she's one of my favorite podcasters. And, and so I listened to the whole thing, the whole interview while I was in Florida and uh, you know, a few weeks ago and I was just like, wow, I cannot believe I didn't, didn't know this. And I wanted to talk with you about it on here and get a little bit uh, of a different angle on, on your story and your involvement in the NAR, as we will refer to it, because, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about what that is for anyone who's, who's not sure, but, uh, you know, this is a topic that I think is, um, is, has only become, uh, something that I'm aware of in the last, like, I would say six months. Um, Hmm. I, I'm, I'm aware that it's been around. I just wasn't clued in. Um, so it's, it's just really interesting to me. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself to listeners who uh, may not be familiar with who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, again, my name is Dwayne Atkinson. I'm the host of the Bar Podcast that stands for Biblical and Reformed, also founder of the Bar Podcast Network. Uh, and in that network is a podcast that we mentioned at the top of the show, Just Thinking. Uh, we call it the shining star of the network. Um, I'm the executive producer for that podcast as well. Uh, on a personal level, uh, married to my wife for 12 years, 13 in July. Uh, we have four kids. Um, and I always tell people my children are the picture of, of God's grace. My oldest is adopted. My uh, n- my boy uh, is actually a son that I had before marriage. And my two babies uh, had with my current wife, uh, which were blessings from God because it took us about five years to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's pretty much me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah, you uh, you are busy in podcast world and you've got your network, which is growing all the time. Yeah, always adding. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, I, I've talked with you. You have great ideas. You're just you, that's why you are the brain. That makes sense. I get it. I get it. Because it was it was you that I talked with about my before I ever did fire starters. Yes, I was brainstorming with you, and I was just like, I don't know what to. I know people want more. I know right. that I have more, but I don't know what that should look like. And I think I pitched that idea to you. You're like, you should do it. <laughs> and I, yes. I was like, okay, yes. I did it. And here we are, you know, a few months later, I have 50 people in there, which is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I remember when you pitched, I, I, I knew what the response would be. Um, and, and you just needed somebody to co-sign. You already had all the ideas and everything. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely. Definitely, I was just so excited to see that it happened, and then I appreciate the shout out you gave me on uh on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's it's super fun to have other people in the business who kind of understand, you know, some of some of the challenges that 
that we face are just, you know, content creators and, and always trying to stay on top of things and, and, uh, you know, and bring, bring good content and new fresh content to listeners, but not just like be a talking head. Like I don't ever want right. to just, uh, I don't ever want to just be hearing myself talk, you know? <laughs> right. Right. I get uh, that. I get yeah. That. So Dwayne, tell us about your history in the new apostolic reformation. What was your involvement in that? Okay. So, um, kind of to, to get there, uh, I'll just give you a little bit of backstory. I grew up in the church, um, I always tell people we was at church all the time. We even cleaned the church. Um, and so uh, I grew up, you know, pretty Orthodox uh, uh, Baptist. And um, even though I was in the church all the time, singing, playing the drums, all of that, I still didn't know Christ. And, and through a, a course of events, uh, he, he humbled me and, and brought me to my knees. Uh, and I started serving him. And I like to say, I wish I could say it was happily ever after. Unfortunately, I turned to TV for the preachers because in my experience, all of the best singers and athletes were on TV. And so um, I assume all the best preachers were on TV. And that's when I got exposed to, um, you know, uh, uh, Joyce Myers and T.D. Jakes and all of these folks thinking that they were the best of the best. Um, fast forward in that world thinking that, okay, this is you know, my mom and dad, what they do at church, that's old, that's, you know, you know, I, I need, this is God, this is what he's doing, he's speaking in tongues, he's laying hands, he's doing all these things, and um, fast forward to when me and my wife uh, met a couple from Dallas that were apostles, you know, I, I never met an apostle before, and they invited us to take a ministry course with them, and the whole purpose of the ministry course, what they were telling people is when you're done, uh, God will, will reveal to us what your fivefold ministry gift is. And so me and my wife did the year long course and we did the, you know, the, the calls and read the books and wrote the, uh, papers and sent in our monthly due that was, that was old. And, um, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the ceremony, they actually released me and my wife as apostles. And that's how I was brought into the uh, NRA or the New Apostolic Reformation. And the reason why it's called a New Apostolic Reformation is C. Peter Wagner coined the phrase. Um, and he actually went to, I think it's Dallas Seminary. He actually has a seminary degree. And so he coined it off kind of uh, piggybacking off of uh, the Reformation that Luther uh, started. And so he said this was a new apostolic reformation where the apostle or the office of apostle is being reinstated into the earth. And so that's how I got exposed and um, and was literally, I guess you could say, ordained or released into the office of an apostle. Wow. So what does it mean inside the NAR? What, what does it even mean to be an, an apostle or be released into the office of apostle? Like... I'm, I'm familiar with a, the definition of apostle, like in but the Bible, sure. um, when Jesus was here, you know, we, we know that we have uh, a lot of the books of the Bible written by Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. So I'm familiar in that sense, but what does it mean to them today to be an apostle? Sure. That's a great question. So today um, they, they pull on, which is always extra biblical, you know, extra biblical texts. Uh, where, you know, writing of, uh, um, of, I guess, an apostle community or community of apostles, where apostle is someone that is a trailblazer or a leader or a, 
you know, uh, someone that's a sent one in a certain, they call it sphere. Like you got to find your apostolic sphere and, you know, you might not be a pastor or, you know, have a church that might not be your sphere, but it might be in the workplace. Or, you know, for me, it was, you know, media things that I've, I've always been attracted to, like your sphere of apostolic influence is media you know, or your spear is this. So that, that was, they took the, the whole idea, uh, which, like I said, there's no scripture to support it, but that, you know, apostles, instead of making disciples, they almost made it seem like apostles ordained other apostles, which there's nothing in scripture to support that. But that was the claim that they made. And that was the reason why they wanted to continue to have apostles in all different spears, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. in the world. Okay. So, so then you have like a, a, an office of, um, leadership and, and some sort of like, is it that your words are weightier than like a, a, a regular person's? Like if right. you say something that's like, that's, I, I don't know, like what, what, how would they qualify your, your teachings or what comes out of your mouth? Well, so they, they will never say that it is authoritative as far as on the scriptural level, but um, what this, what it all comes down to is, is pride and elevation and tears. Uh, and, you know, what I found is it's always about, you know, you get to this level, you know, this much, you know, authority or whatever you have this authority over the spiritual thing, whatever. So they, you know, if you're apostle, then, you know, you have a certain level of authority that is higher than, you know, the prophet and the prophet is higher than the mm -hmm. evangelist. And, you know, it's like a tier kind of thing mm -hmm. uh, in their world, again, is not biblical at all, but mm -hmm. that's the way they kind of look at it. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. So, um, so they, they released you into an office of, of apostle. How long were you in that office? Quote unquote. Technically, <laughs> um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Technically, um, I think at least three or four years, technically, mentally, okay. probably about a year and a half, <laughs> okay. you know? Um, and I always tell people that the night that that ceremony, I felt a weight on my shoulders, like, you mm. know, like this is a new, this is a burden that I'm carrying. I'm thinking it's piety. I'm thinking, you know, this is you know, I'm, the glory of God is causing me to, you know, feel this weightiness, but really, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, are you worthy of this? Like, you know, what, what makes you this, like, we know who you are when nobody's looking or we know who you are, you know, mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Um, and, and it, and it becomes, it, it transforms from, you know, just an honor to a burden you know, cause it's, it's mm -hmm. like, you got to hold up a certain facade and, 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 and stuff like that. So I would say, yeah, three, three to four years officially, but in my mind, I was battling it after the, you know, first year or so. Yeah. Um, which was, uh, uh, you know, clearly the Holy spirit convicting you of that, right? Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. No, no doubt about it, man. Well, and, and I wonder, I mean, I'm sure that this is the verse they use Ephesians 4, 11, where it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ goes yep. on and on. So then like, can you, can you help me understand then? I mean, I don't believe that we have apostles today, but why, why do we not? 
why you know because for the person listening who's like well i don't see what the problem is that's in the bible says we have apostles what why couldn't you be an apostle right so there's so many different ways you can go with that um the one that i like is uh where it talks about that the apostles and the prophets are the foundation and jesus is the cornerstone Mm. um and what that lays out is the scripture you know the prophets you know we're in the old testament the apostles in the new testament jesus is the cornerstone meaning that this is the foundation that the church is built on. And if we have a foundation, you don't build a house and then on the second level say, oh, we need another foundation of apostles and prophets. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not even, you know, that don't even make sense. And, you know, God's word is intentional. There's a reason mm-hmm. why you call it the foundation and not the roof or the second floor. Um, mm-hmm. It is what the church is actually built on, the, the apostles and the prophets, as well as, um, you know, the authority that the, the apostles have, you know, they, they wrote scripture, like they wrote, they were, you know, divinely inspired. Um, and so, and, and when it talks about giving some apostles, prophets, we, we got to, it's always about context. Who's speaking here? Who's he speaking to? What's the time frame? Um, and is he talking to the church saying, you know, some of y'all are apostles or in some of y'all are prophets? No, that's not the context. The context is this is this is what God has done to edify the church, you know, and he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, preachers, you know, so it's, it's almost as if he's he, uh, Paul is telling like, OK, this is what has been given so that the church may be edified, you mm-hmm. know, not saying you need to recreate this. Uh, every year, let's make some of y'all apostles and prophets or whatever. So context mm-hmm. is really key on that. Yeah, that that's a great point. Um, that there is one foundation, and that uh, and that Christ is the cornerstone of that. And yeah, like you said, the context. We need to make sure we're we're reading these verses in context, understanding what was meant by the author, who he was speaking to, and uh, and and all of those things in order to understand what it should mean to us today. Um, and it's not just like, what does it mean to me or to you, but what does it mean, exactly. you know, and then how do we read that today? Um, so the other question I would have about that, and maybe this is something you've already, you know, you've addressed, but w- if there are apostles today, according to the NAR or teachers in the NAR, how do we not have an open canon? Why would, why is the Bible closed? Because right now, the Bible has been completed. You know, we're not adding to the word of God and the Bible tells us not to, um, not to add to it or take away from it. So uh, what would they say to that question of, you know, well, should we open the canon and just start adding more books to scripture? If you're an apostle and you're getting, you know, a word from the Lord that needs to go out to all of the the body of Christ, you know, what, what would they say to that? Well, like I said, they, they try their best to, to honor scripture and, and, and honor the authority. Um, there are some apostles that believe that, you know, they, they can teach a doctrine. Um, and, and that's what most of them, they say, you know, we're not necessarily adding to scripture, but we can teach a doctrine, you know, of, you know, this or that, whether, you know, I've heard like the new wine skin doctrine or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I forgot one of the guys I was listening to was talking about another doctrine. I was like, like, you know, I get it, but that's not scripture. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's your, that's your doctrine. So um, I really don't know what the defense would be um, mm-hmm. to that. Um, you know, some of they them don't will believe say they're adding to scripture though. They're right, not, right. They're not and, claiming and to add of, to scripture. 
Right. And some of them will say not all apostles wrote scripture. That's 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 an argument I've heard before as well. Like, you know, there was 12, you know, we don't have, you know, 12 books or whatever. Everybody didn't write scripture. So I can be an apostle and not necessarily be required to add to the canon. <laughs> Convenient, right? <laughs> Very. Um, so then what's the danger of calling yourself an apostle? Like what's the danger attached to, to these, some of these teachings in the NAR and, and this ushering of into, you know, in, out into the church, the global church, this office of apostle, what's the danger in it? Because if it's in this list, this laundry list of, uh, these things that God has given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And we know that he has given apostles in the past. There have been apostles who were legitimate. Why are we questioning the ones today? Um, and what's the danger in getting that idea wrong? Well, the the number one danger um, is is first it's elevating man. Um, it that's the first thing that it that it does. It elevates man to a place not intended, you know, by Christ. Um, it also it causes you know the the church because what. A lot of people don't understand, especially with church history. If this is the case, why wasn't this the case the last three, four, five, six hundred years ago? Um, you know, we have church history telling us, you know, about pastors and preachers, and then all of a sudden this new thing come up. You know that to me, because because I value church history. Like that, there's a reason why we're we're here and we do yeah. what we do. Um, but people that are, uh, you know, always into the new or whatever that it leads them to so many other fringe ideas because, mm -hmm. you know, you give a person that kind of authority apostle, you know, and he say, God said, and, and then people make life changing decisions because of, because of it, you know, th that's a huge danger to the church um, because they can lead uh, a whole church in, in a different direction. You know, of course, like I mentioned how they, they respect, you know, it's somewhat, <laughs> in some kind of way they respect respect scripture but most of them don't preach from the text they most mm -hmm. of it is i might grab a text and the rest of it is god said you know uh yeah. so that's that's something that that's a harm to the church it can lead them down the road of destruction when you give man that kind of authority that's not intended and then also you you follow whatever he says as if it was written in in, in the bible so yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's so key what you brought out of the elevation of man, um, which like, you know, we can clearly do that in even in our own individual hearts and yes. minds, you know, it, without calling ourselves an apostle. I do that every day, you know, so it's yep. not that that's um, that's the only way that that can be done. Like sin starts in the heart. And so uh, but it is it is allowing that root of, you know, pride and self, uh, focus, self-centeredness and, you know, um, just kind of the, maybe the love of self that, that to, to manifest and then grow, like every sin starts in our heart as like a, a small seedling. And, right. uh, hopefully before it has grown into a giant tree with deep roots, we are convicted by the spirit of that sin. And, and right. we are brought to our knees in regards to that sin, you know, in some way. Um, I know that he's faithful to do that in my life time and time again in, in many different circumstances. And, right. and, it, and it's even the same sin in different circumstances. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why do I keep doing this? Like I, yep. I am, I'm going to be battling that flesh if I'm a believer and I'm going to be being sanctified and made more like Christ through those battles. Right. But like, 
we don't want to uh, we don't want to give way to those sins. We don't want to then, we don't want to justify and find a way to be um, freed or released into walking in that, in that old way, in that old man or in our flesh. And, and then, you know, lifting that up as something that should be honored by others, because it's, it's literally just, it's the elevation of self. And, and mm-hmm. that's not good. How does that bring glory to God? Because even, even the offices that we do still have today, like, uh, you know, evangelists and pastors and teachers, it's clear that the people who are called into those roles by God and are given and entrusted that kind of authority, they are to be servant leaders. Right. That is like the, I mean, he even says greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And Jesus being the perfect example of a servant leader, he is our leader and our King, but he also was this suffering servant dying on the cross. He wasn't someone who was lifting himself up in a manner of saying, uh, you know, I am greater than you. He actually became less than us, even though he is greater, even though he is perfect. So if anybody can boast, it's definitely Jesus. (laughs) Right, exactly. And yet he didn't, when he came here, he didn't, you know, slap a crown on and, and lord it over people and say, bow down to me, even though he could have, you know, he certainly could have, he had every right, every authority. Uh, and yet he was, um, you know, a man of sorrows and he was poor. He often didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He was traveling on the roads. He was dirty, you know, all these things. And it's just like, I think the culture around someone who's like, I'm an apostle. It's like, what like no like do you is that the the model that we see in christ like we he is our lord and our king but does that does that align with scripture in how we should be um thinking of ourselves you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as as greater than another um because like i said even a pastor even my pastor i i guarantee he thinks of himself less than i think of myself like and he's the pastor of my church Right, and yet, right. and, and that's what you often see in godly leaders is they do not think highly of themselves. They have a high view of God and a low view of self, yep. not in a self-deprecating way, but they, they understand rightly where they are before the Lord of Lords, you know, and the King of Kings. Exactly. So I think that's just such a danger in, um, in that movement. So, no, that's, that's uh, yeah, great. go ahead. No, I was just saying that's, that's great. And that's something that even with the title, because not by by nature i'm that way you know yeah. like I, yeah same like i would go and speak places and afterwards they looking for me to you know in the green room and mm-hmm. and all of that and i'm i'm up front you know talking to my boys you know just because that's I've, I've never been that person even though i had the the title um but it, it it's just natural to to not to boast myself because again you you know who you are <laughs> like you like I ain't, ain't nothing special about me so Yeah, for sure. How does a week of free food sound? Pretty great, right? Well, my friend Leanne at Guaranteed Foods is offering you just that when you try out the in-home risk-free trial of her company's service. For a portion of their total food bill, thousands of families throughout Mid-America are enjoying complete home food service. That's a free delivery of the finest additive-free meats, seafood, poultry, and side dishes, individually portioned, packaged to eliminate waste. Professional food economists actually provide ordering and meal planning assistance, and they help tailor their products to your family's food budget, family size, and dietary needs. 
There is a high likelihood that food prices are going to continue to rise this year as gas becomes more expensive, as transportation becomes more expensive for all the foods that are being shipped across the country. If you want to lock in your family's food dollar at a very reasonable rate, I would suggest you text Leanne today and check out Guaranteed Foods, exactly what they can provide to your family. She'll explain it all. She's great. She's a Christian. She's a listener of Kindled, and she is just another mom trying to feed her family healthy meals. Text my friend Leanne at 785-979-7970 and tell her Haley sent you, and she will get you hooked up with all the information you need. Leanne brought me some samples of this food, and it is legitimately good. Like, I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that because she's a sponsor of Kindled. I'm telling you, this is food I enjoyed eating. I loved cooking. It Having that kind of stuff in your freezer helps you eat out less, which saves you money. If you're anything like me, I if I don't have easy options, I'm going to end up eating out and that's like the worst thing you can do. It's the most expensive way to eat, but Guaranteed Foods helps you not to do that. Text her at 785-979-7970. So then what, what was the change in your mind and heart that caused you to start questioning? Cause you said you were only kind of heart wise, you were only in it for about a year. So what happened where you started to have doubts about your involvement? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, I guess you could say a chain of events. Um, I never forget the first day I got on Twitter and I added apostle to my, to my name or my description. And I had people, uh, tweeting like oh you seen jesus ascend you uh you know you you um what was the other one you seen uh christ in the flesh and this and that you know and and at the time i was like what are they talking about you know because in the sad part is i didn't know those were requirements of apostles and those those comments led me to like okay why did they say that and so i started actually googling like you know the requirements of apostle yeah. like what yeah what makes an apostle um, and so that pushback, uh, immediately started, I guess you could say the, 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 the first domino, um, then I would find, you know, people like Justin Peters, um, and, and other teachers, you know, talking about it. And at the same time, I'm battling in my mind, you know, what, what this teacher is saying versus what that teacher is saying. Um, so those were the things that kind of started it. Um, but actually going, and 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 looking at the actual account because they they love to lean on the account of when Judas is dead and they want to replace you know uh, him you know as want to replace him with another apostle and they actually tell you know some of the requirements you know as far as like seeing being with us seeing the ascension of Christ things like that and when I'm like well I you know i've never seen christ i've embellished the story of seeing christ you know mm-hmm. uh which i shared on i think i shared it on alicia's uh podcast but um i had a story you know that uh, i was riding to work and and he appeared in the car with me and it was all a lie you know it was a lie to uh appear like i'm this super spiritual person that you know the embodiment of christ would come down to see me um and keeping that you know and, and, and again, like I told you, the burden of, first of all, being called that, and then also the burden of, no, you're telling, you're actually lying, you know, being convicted by the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, in, in your embellishment story. And, and so, you know, God just used little, little chips to the point where, you know, I was like, you know what, I, 
I'm not an apostle. Like, I don't even know where, you know, and, and, and what I really, really, uh, I really have to give a big up to uh, a brother. We're really cool now, but he actually uh, inboxed me challenging me on being an apostle. He was like, you know, how, what, what makes you, what, how did you, you know, just, just that poking and prodding, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like, I love him, I love him to life now, but that those kind of things were, I guess the things that turned it for me, just getting that opposition, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about, you know, you don't want to offend or whatever oppose, but no, if somebody wasn't brave enough to inbox me or brave enough to, to DM me or tweet me, you know, I, I mean, I know I, by God's grace, I would pray that he'd get me out regardless, but I know those things was uh, stepping stones in, into yeah. uh, leaving. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, he, like you said, he, he's faithful and he would, he would be uh, faithful to you and, you know, with or without the, the admonition of, of other people around you. But I think that's so true that he often, like, he loves to use us. That's why he, that's like, why, why would he, uh, you know, have so much in his word about um, bringing, you know, bringing a concern to another brother or sister in, in the body and bring it to them one-on-one. If they don't hear you, then bring someone else. Like, why would he say that if it wasn't something that he deigned to use in the life of his saints? Um, I mean, he does. And, and I think that's so cool because then it gets, it uh, allows that guy to see God's faithfulness to, you know, to his own and, and to be able to be even just a little bit of someone uh, who, who was poking you a little bit. And even if it was uncomfortable at the time and you're like, gosh, I don't, I don't like that guy, you know, at the same time when the Holy spirit, cause it is ultimately his job to open eyes. When he opened your eyes, you're like, that's who I should talk to. Like, I know that that yeah. guy is someone who's there that's for me, who, who I could actually say like, okay, I'm having questions about this. What, what do you know? What can you tell yep. me? Like, what, what do I do from here? And that's just so amazing. Um, and that's totally not what the world tells us to do. Nobody, you know, nobody who is not Christ no. wants to be corrected of their sin. They, they love their sin. They hate the truth. And so that's so hard um, for us, even as Christians to get those voices out of our head that tell us, um, you know, any opposition is hate. If you, if you push mm-hmm. back against, you know, something that someone's doing, you're unloving. If, if you don't agree, you're judgmental, you know, that's, that's what the world mm-hmm. tells us. Yep. Right. Yep. That's right. Um, and so as you kind of saw that that was a problem, what was the first step that you took and what, how did you start kind of like moving away from that? Yeah. So it was, it was a slow process. Um, you know, first thing you have to do is tell people not to call you that, um, <laughs> which is awkward. Uh, you know, like, Hey, don't, you know, don't call me. Some people still that from the old church would, would say, Hey, apostle Dwayne, like, no, no, don't just Dwayne. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that was, that was the first step. Um, next, uh, for me, because, again, because of my journey, I, I saw so much abuse, you know, even on the, the, you know, the, um, I guess the word of faith side, and then into the new apostolic side, I saw so much abuse when it comes to money and scripture and, and all this fanfare. Um, so I just began to strip all of that stuff away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I told people I almost became a fundamental Baptist because I was just so tired of all of the, 
abuse of the Holy Spirit, abuse of money, abuse of this, abuse of that. But um, I just, I literally just started stripping everything away. Not, you know, not listening yeah. to those teachers, not going to those churches, um, really pulling all those layers back on anything supernatural. Because that's what everything lied in, in the supernatural. You know, God can do a supernatural. You were going to call out these demons. You know, all of this is all in the supernatural. So I, put, I, I found myself in a place where I was like, okay, I'm not dealing with anything, you know, prophetic, supernatural, any, I don't want to talk about any of that. And that ultimately what led me to, uh, uh, I guess, reformed theology or <laughs> being a Calvinist was just that that journey of tearing all that stuff down and actually going to scripture and walking through scripture and how does scripture talk about the Holy Spirit? How does scripture talk about, you know, um, dealing with, you know, on the, the, I guess the spiritual warfare, how does scripture talk about, you know, um, healing and, and all of that stuff. And so those were the steps, like I said, the first step was just getting them to stop calling me that. And then I just really kind of stripped and pulled myself out of those circles. Wow. anybody like I literally went through Facebook and my friends list and I typed in apostle anybody that was an apostle I ended them as my friend like choop, yeah. choop, choop. and it was a lot of them like I had a lot, yeah. there was a lot of them so I was like unfriend 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 you know I put yeah. in prophet unfriend unfriend I literally like just purged uh my my social media uh and my life of those folks until I could just settle and figure out what was going on yeah, and I think that's really wise because, <clears throat> you know, clearly we just talked about a guy who reached out to you at, as when you were, you know, calling yourself an apostle and, and living in that in that sort of a mindset. Um, and so I would imagine he either had a connection with you or was friends with you or something like that. And there's a time and a place for us to uh, reach out to those who are struggling and to, you know, and to can, uh, you know, uh, contribute maybe in some way sharing truth with them. And, and, and so it's not like, you know, you, you cut off all con, uh, communication with anyone in your life who isn't a Christian and you shun them and you shut the door and you, you know, slam it in their face. It's like, that's not what we're saying, right. but you were coming out of, of a, a, a world of false teaching and you yep. needed to separate yourself. Yep. Like you said, to get clear on, okay, I'm clearly like i've been in a, a world of um of of not sound doctrine i need to deception yes deception and and i need to get out of that i'm not I, i'm not going to be able to missionary friend all these people right now as i myself have been deceived so exactly. so you had to get to a different place and i would imagine now you yep. know not that you're going to go refriend all those people but like you're not opposed to you know having a conversation with someone or or even sharing the truth with them i'm exactly. sure you do it all the time like what would be your exactly. like what's your thoughts on that now yeah no that's and that's that was my my approach you know i had to separate had to figure out what's what um and now um some guys that sadly i introduced to that world mm. you know now i'm reaching back out to them and poking and, mm -hmm. and prodding them and uh, sharing interviews like this on my page and like, mm -hmm. Hey, like, you know, check this out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, so right. yeah, yeah. I I'm definitely, uh, engaged, uh, when those opportunities come. Um, because again, like I said, it hopefully, but you know, got to use something that I say, uh, to, to help them come out of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're just so thankful that it's not on us. Like we're not ultimately, you know, that's no, what I have to remind right. myself of, like, cause um, you know, I, I, it's easy to, 
to maybe think, you know, I, like for instance, I used to be really into the Enneagram. I, sh- I have that on podcasts, old podcasts, like where I'm talking about it. And it's like, I, but I, I don't look at myself and go, oh my gosh, like, oh no, I shared a lie one time in the past and now I'm leading all these people astray and I'm, you know, I'm doomed and all these people are going to be doomed. Like, I, I don't think I'm, that's me again, elevating myself thinking I'm more powerful than I really am. Right. God says, now I'm not saying that we shouldn't try and, you know, pull back on and, and get rid of anything that, um, you know, repent and turn from our actions and, and tell people like, Hey, don't do that anymore. But I trust that God is powerful he yep. is omnipotent. He is um, able to hold those who are his. He is able to draw those to himself who are his and his sheep hear his voice. As John tells us, my sheep right. know my voice. So that means that even if I had been like a wolf in sheep's clothing, like, uh, or, or someone that was just misled myself, even if I was yep. trying to draw sheep away ultimately that sheep is going to know its shepherd's voice. And so I don't need to weigh my actions or words as heavily as those of coming from God himself. And, and so I can trust that he will be faithful to them. Um, But at the same time, taking whatever steps I can to, you know, share the truth and, um, and speak to those issues directly and those people directly wherever I can and, and encourage them and say, look also like a testimony of God's grace in my life. Like, look at where I was, look at what God did in my life, you know, which I think is amazing that you can even look back at that now and, and share some wisdom coming out of it. Yeah. What would you say are some of like the biggest differences in your, um, in your spiritual, you know, your walk, your maturity after coming out of that? Um, well, the biggest difference is uh, just the view of scripture, mm-hmm. uh, the view, the high view of scripture, like you mentioned before, and the low view of man, um, you know, because when you're in that world, it's a high view of man and what mm-hmm. man says and what God is saying through him and what words of knowledge or prophetic words can you say? Uh, now it is, you know, what the scriptures say, you know, let's look at this in context. Let's Let's examine it. Let's look at it in the original language. Let's find out, you know, what they were talking about. So that that's the biggest difference. Um, you know, I always joke with a, a friend of mine that that's still in it. I was like, you know, one thing about them guys, though, they they pray fervently, you know, like, you know, you don't really hear a lot of people talk about prayer on on this side of the game. I mean, of course, they pray but it's, it's not as, uh, I guess, popular as, you know, people on the word of faith and charismatic side. Um, so yeah. that's, that's a little different, but, um, as far as my spiritual, uh, walk and growth, um, just, just having a really good understanding of, uh, the word and who God is, you know, the attributes of God and a proper perspective of God and, and, and who he is and how big he is. Uh, would be a major change. Um, and j- and also just, it's funny, like when I re- discovered sound biblical teaching, it was like, wow, like these guys can put to words things that I believe, but I didn't know how to say. And so that's, that's another huge thing is just understanding uh, how to say, how to communicate and, and talk to people about God and, and theology and, and anything else on that level. Right. Yeah. So good. 
Um, what advice would you give to someone who's stuck in that today or, um, or, you know, more likely the person listening has friends in it or friends who follow teachers like that. And this is maybe, you know, something that's a new idea to them that, okay, wow, I I guess I've heard about that. And I didn't realize that that wasn't biblical. Um, Mm -hmm. or my mom is into that, or my dad's into that. What do I like, what do I say? What do I do? Like, how do I even go about approaching that? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, every situation is different. Um, my wisdom, I guess the wisdom I would give uh, first is to be gracious, especially if it's a loved one. Um, you know, don't come like, man, you're dumb. That's not biblical. No, don't don't come right. on that level. More or less, uh, it, you know, one of my favorite um, apologists talks about asking questions. Really, with, with, the, with these folks, if you begin the rabbit trail of asking questions, your questions will eventually especially with false teaching turn into doubt for them so Mm -hmm. i would i would encourage you to engage them with you know asking questions about you know your pastor is an apostle like you know who who ordained them as an apostle where you know where did that come from what scripture Mm -hmm. base you know really really try to you know ask questions and understand and and if they if they answer all your questions and you, you, <laughs> and you think it's real, you know, then regroup, you know, and, and come back with some more. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a great way to engage um, and and not seem like you're uh, down, uh, talking down to them or anything like that. Um, and then to be gracious. And the biggest thing, the, the, the best thing you can do is pray. Uh, praying for that person um, that God uh, opens their eyes uh, and, and to that deceit. Cause at the end of the day, he's going to be the one to do the work. Uh, but you definitely want to be uh, that person that uh, is praying for them and thinking about them and, you know, mm-hmm. and poking holes here and there. Um, I think a good combination of the both would, uh, would put you in, you know, put, 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 put them going in the right, I guess the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Approaching in grace with truth, you know, and that's just like the hard, the hard balance uh, and tension that we always have to hold is that it, it's not loving to withhold the truth, right. but you can also use the truth as a, a weapon to wound someone if it's not done in love. Uh, yep. Like first Corinthians tells us, you know, that um, if we, if we speak with the tongues of angels, but have not love, then we're just a resounding gong or a clinging symbol which means yep. no one is hearing it. No one is getting the message. And it sounds um, like trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's hard. And, and also just trusting maybe in the, in the sovereignty of God, like, yes, okay. he can use you and he might, but you also might not be the one to witness that person be okay. like, Oh, thank you so much for bringing me the truth. I'm convicted. I'm going to change my ways. You know, like right. the, don't we all want that response when we, sure when we go to someone, we want to be, we want to be told like, thank you. Look at you. And right. <laughs> it's like, you're the one that helped me. And, and uh, very, very rarely does God afford us that opportunity. And I think that's for our good too, because otherwise sure. we'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. Aren't I? <laughs> yep. Exactly. I am a faithful follower. So here I am to help you out. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, Dwayne, is there any parting words of wisdom that you have for people as far as uh, you know, even just red flags to look out for in, in popular teachers or speakers or Instagram influencers, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff is very woven into um, people's like uh, the way they talk. And it's like, they don't, they don't come out, I guess that that would be my other question. It's like, they don't always even come out and necessarily like talk about that they're an apostle, right? Nope. It's often, it's, it's kind of like more of a hidden thing. 
Would that be correct? Yeah, that's fair. Especially now, um, when it first started, now it was it was up front and center. Um, but when it's not necessarily accepted, they'll leave it off. Like I was at a mega church where uh, he the the guy was ordained as apostle, but when he started his whole TV ministry, he wanted to just be you know Ron Carpenter. You know, mm. don't call me apostle. Yeah. You know, so because of the stigma on it, a lot of them aren't talking about it, but they're right. moving and operating in that way. So I guess words of wisdom for anybody that's uh, witnessing that, seeing that, and, and want to know how to approach that. You know, it, it really goes back to what we talk about when it comes to scripture. Um, look how they view scripture. You know, mm -hmm. are they expositing the word? You know, are they, you know, uh, going verse by verse teaching you? Or are they taking one verse and, you know, going 10 different directions with that one verse that has nothing to do with that context of that verse? Um, the, the way that they handle scripture will always, it's always a telltale sign of a false teacher by the way that they handle scripture. Um, if they, if they poke and jump and take stuff out of context, most likely they're not, they're not a solid biblical teacher. Yeah. Um, if they, I mean, you, and, and I have to be fair because you can't be topical and be biblical. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of get in this thing. We, we want everything expositionally and line by line, but you can't be topical and be biblical. So I wouldn't put that as automatically bad if they're topical, right. but I will say if they're topical, um, they definitely have to handle the scripture rightly as far as context and not yeah. trying to let the topic dictate what they're preaching, but actually let the scripture dictate the topic. So yeah. that's kind of the a big, big mouth answer to, you know, make just, just watch how they handle scripture. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah, I think that um, those are some some helpful tips and uh, and, you know, I, I guess a, another red flag that I, I guess I've seen since I've become aware of this would be um, like you, you mentioned this earlier, anyone claiming to have heard directly from God and like giving oh, sure. giving that word to other people like God told me to tell you now this is like, this is sort of a, a hard one. Cause it's like, we each have the Holy spirit as, as Christians. Right. And so we know the Holy spirit is capable of mm -hmm. convicting of um, using mm -hmm. the word of God in our hearts and minds. And, and when you think a thought of like, gosh, I know, I know that is my own sin. You could say that's the Holy spirit convicting me. And I'm thinking on, I'm, I'm using what God has said in scripture to derive the fact that yes, I am in sin and I'm convicted about that. So I guess I'm just like some, maybe sometimes that, that is like, that is real. Um, I, I fully believe that is, right. that is something that happens to believers, but that seems different to me yes. than that. There's like a fine line between that and then saying, God told me to tell you. Now, if what he told you to tell people, like a pastor getting up on Sunday, is to tell you that First Corinthians 13 is true and I'm going to read it right now, then it's like, yeah, of course he did because it's his word. He told us already in his word. But yeah. if you have some new word or fresh word, like these these keywords are like new, fresh, um, kind of uh, for now, today, urgent, those types mm -hmm. of things, whatever follows it needs to be 110% aligned with scripture. And what you'll often find right. is that they actually want to share something that is extra biblical. It's not mm -hmm. the thing that they then share is not like a Bible verse or something that you, you already have heard. It's something that you've never heard. 
it's something about Mm -hmm. you know this generation you are going to be the Mm -hmm. ones to fill in the blank or whatever is that an accurate description that is spot on that is spot on and and kind of to go back to your point whenever you know whenever we're in our word whenever you know we are uh, speaking to one another and and you know like you said the holy spirit live within us uh, sometimes we say stuff that's spot on for somebody and had no idea you know yeah. but it's not like god told me to tell you that you know that back pain that you had is going you know nothing like that but sometimes god will and that's that's where my continuationists and sensationist brothers and sisters kind of go back and forth you know they like yeah. well, the, the gifts no longer and then oh yeah the gifts continue but you know what what, what you have to understand is god does you know uh he's in us so he speaks through us and it might not necessarily be quote unquote a prophecy but we can mm-hmm. he can use us and say things that yeah uh speak directly to people in their situations and right. we have no idea why and when and where um, but like you said, whenever someone comes with the guy said, a guy told me, um, number one, you know, if God spoke to them, I'm sure they wouldn't just be casually telling you that, uh, anybody God spoken to audibly in scripture, uh, either fell down, turned white or, you know, yeah, pretty much had to hide their face or yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, People he, didn't look at, you know, Moses' yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, he's not going. He's not going to just speak to you, and you'd be like, "Yeah, God said no." You, you're going to be fear and tremble, and yeah. uh, behind a rock somewhere, saying that you heard something that shook the very core of your soul. So, yeah, that that's a big difference, and people have to understand that. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and like you said, I think we can, of course, build up the body, and we can, we can, and should edify one another and speak the truth, and uh, in season, out of season, like uh, that's all very scriptural. Um, but you can do that without being like, you don't need, I guess that this really comes back to like the sufficiency of scripture. Do, do you believe God's word is enough? Do you believe what he gave us in the Bible is actually enough as it says it is, that is profitable for all teaching and all training. Like it, it is profitable for that and it is enough and it's sufficient. But if you don't believe that, then you're always kind of going to be chasing a new word a new wind, a new, you know, breath of heaven. I need to hear from (laughs) God. I need, I need some sort of, you know, God speak to me. I just need to hear you. I I'm, I'm dried up. And and I I just, I need something from you, God, as though he didn't give us the entire word of God. And then the Holy spirit, it's like, I mean, what, I I guess it's just like, why, why is it not enough? I, I don't know. I mean, think that's 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 a really that's a core question that people need to ask themselves and and wrestle with like do you believe god's word is enough right right very true very 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 true any words of wisdom for people parting today (laughs) in regards to this topic staying staying aware of it well yeah no i mean just just like i stated before you know just uh keep god uh you know keep god high and his word and his scripture high and Keep everything else low um, because we're all uh, sinners that fell short of the glory of God and mm-hmm. nobody is uh, greater than our savior. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't elevate ourselves. Even the apostles were humble men. You know, um, uh, Paul or was it Peter stopped uh, a guy from falling down and worshiping him. Like nobody needs to be worshiped except Christ. So uh, make sure yeah. you hold the, hold to that and uh, everything else should be all right. Yeah, man. Thank you for your time today, Dwayne. Where can people find you online and um, follow you and your podcast? 
Yeah, so you're going to find me everywhere at Dwayne21, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then for the podcast, it goes to thebarpodcast.com. And uh, check us out every Tuesday. We'd love to have you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on and spending your time today. We'll see you on the on the interwebs. Interwebs for sure. Thank you again for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have an excellent rest of the week. And if you're in Patreon, I will see you on Friday inside the Patreon app. If not, I'll see you next Monday. Bye, guys. <laughs>